We're going to be in Psalm 46. There are, I think, some few Bibles if you want a hardcover one. And if you don't have a Bible, you can take that with you. But you can turn to Psalm 46. So in November of 2007, there was an incident. It involved a 63-year-old woman in New York who had mistaken a railroad for a regular road. And as the woman drove on the tracks of this railroad, her her car got stuck. And to make things worse, as you can probably imagine what comes next, a train was coming head-on towards her. And they weren't aware that she was there. There's no stopping this train. It's coming. So the woman starts to scream for help. And it so happens that an off-duty New York police officer and her husband hear her screams and run to rescue the woman and get her out of the vehicle. And you can imagine, well, why didn't the woman just get out of the car? So as they get to the car, they realize that she depended on crutches to walk and couldn't escape on her own. And so just moments after the police officers pull her out of the car, the train smashes into her vehicle. And so this police officer and her husband had come just in the nick of time. When trouble was most near to this woman, when death was literally coming head on at her, help was around the corner. We love stories like this, right? The sort of drama, knowing the happy ending, that the hero or heroes come in the nick of time to do what we so desperately were hoping for, to save. And maybe we've experienced this, or maybe we've hoped for this ourselves. Right? Who do we call on in these kinds of moments? When the worst is facing us and we feel like maybe no, not a train is coming at us, literally, but figuratively. We're crying out and screaming like this woman for help and just hoping that somebody can save us. We look for that refuge and that, that strength, that safe place for us. And as we think about that question in this story, we come to Psalm 46, which answers this for us. That when life is falling apart, when the train is coming head on, we feel the crushing weight of life, there is someone who is a very present help. Someone who, when everything seemingly is slipping through our fingers, changing, shifting, moving around, will keep us secure in him. The psalmist in Psalm 46 wants us to see That when trouble comes near, stop, drop, and be still. You're safe in the presence of God. And so let's read Psalm 46. This is the word of the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar in foam, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. 
The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Praying that you would give us ears to hear what you were saying, that I would decrease, that Christ would increase. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 46, um, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, is a beautiful song. It, it celebrates the presence of God and all the benefits that come with him being with us. That for those who put their trust in God, it means enjoying his protection, his peace, and stability. And that for those who would go against God, it would mean fear and destruction. The song is a reminder to all of us today that when we put our trust in Jesus, it means that every area of our life is something that he is caring for and present in. That when anxiety creeps in and pressures come bearing on us, that God is there, that he is present. That when troubles and trials and tribulations are frequent, never-ending, that the call is to stop, drop, and be still, because God is with us. And this is made very clear in those first three verses. We can honestly ask ourselves as we read them, why fear when God is near? Right? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So we will not fear. In light of that, we will not fear the earth, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, we will not fear. Years ago, a commercial would air for senior citizens featuring senior citizens. In it, people who could be our grandparents or some of our grandparents, would be on the ground in their bathroom, floor, even in the park. They've fallen, and they were unable to get themselves up. And you remember that iconic line when they would hit the button for help, and they'd say, life alert. Right? And a lot of us remember this, not because, you know, the sight of potentially our grandparents falling in the most dramatic of ways, was kind of funny to us. But that the idea that a person who would, could be alone at the touch of a button could find help immediately in a time of distress was such an amazing thing. And this is what God wants us to feel as we read through verses 1 through 3. Verse 1 states an indicative, a fact, it says, God is our refuge in strength. God is wanting us to see that he is our shelter and our source of strength. That God's presence is our greatest security in every single way. He protects his people and fights us too. Fights for us too. 
that we can count on God to be very present help in trouble. It's a reminder that God is not surprised by what goes on in our lives and that he's never far from it, that he's ever present in our trouble. And this means that he can help when we need it because he makes himself available to us. And that is why the psalmist says in verse 2, therefore, he's saying that because God is our greatest defense, he's our greatest offense, that we have no reason to fear. That even if the earth, our lives are being torn apart, mountains are being ripped up and thrown into the sea, tsunamis and sea storms are raging, even in the worst imaginable things, we can be cool, cool as cucumbers. We don't have to be afraid because God is bigger than all of it and he is present. The God of the universe makes himself close to us through his spirit. We are given, when we believe in Jesus, the gift of being born again and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that now in this very moment, you carry with you the presence of God. And so that means no matter what is happening in our lives, God couldn't be any closer to you, though we don't always feel that closeness. But also understand that as believers, as Christians, God is with us both by his spirit, but he also gives us refuge and strength through his presence through us. That the ministry of presence, being in one another's lives, walking with one another, is one of the ways God is very present when trouble is near. That part of how God God provides for us is through us. That each one of us has a responsibility and a call to our brother and our sister to be close when trouble is near. That through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, we encourage each other, we comfort each other, we cry and laugh with one another. We provide shelter, sometimes literally, but sometimes figuratively, and strength to each other. That by God's grace, we are not alone. God is not always with us in the way we think. He is always with us, ever-present with us through his people. Because we are not saved in isolation, we are given a family ever-present in our life. And so the encouragement there is to lean in and understand that God is there, and to understand that one of the ways he is there and present is through your brother and your sister. Now, how many of you were born in the 90s? Oh, okay, all right. The Chosen, yes, good for you guys. The 90s was a really good time for music. And one of the greatest, I would argue, decades of it. Uh, Well, you're wrong. That's okay. All of us are wrong at some point. It's the grace of God that keeps us together. Thank you, Mary. Yes, yes. And at the start of the 90s, uh, a song which is extremely iconic came out. Right? Do you remember? Anyone got the, the bass riff for me? Nope, not Mbop. Do, 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 do. Can't touch this. Right? Can't touch this. MC Hammer. 
Yeah, so it came out like 30 years ago, I think 1990. And I think that song, as funny as it is, does provide some insight for us as we read verses to seven, four to seven, that nothing can touch God's people. All right, let's read it again. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dies. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. His earth, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And notice that transition from verses 3 to 4. That mountains are being ripped up. The waters are roaring to life, bringing destruction. The very earth is shaking and trembling. But now, the river brings calm streams into the city. It's a jarring scene change. We've gone from danger to peace from the noise of nature crumbling in itself to calm, stability, from despair to joy. And the reason for that is the presence of God. Where can we find these calm streams? The city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Like being in the eye of a hurricane, where everything is being ripped up and torn by gale force winds reaching up to 100 miles per hour, and yet right in the center are clear skies. Here in the eye, God's presence, despite everything around us, there is peace and stability. And we can experience that in the city of God, where he makes his home. For Israel, this would mean their capital, Jerusalem, and specifically the temple built by King Solomon. This would be God's home on earth. And Israel's oasis. They knew that regardless of what was happening in the world, famine, wars, darkness, that because God was home with them, they were safe. And so where do we go for that same kind of safety? Today, God's home isn't found in a literal city or a temple, but a people. The home of God is the people of God. Everyone who has given their life to God becomes a building block, like a Lego piece that makes up God's home on earth. Notice how verse 1 in this psalm uses the plural our. Verse 2 uses the plural we. This is a community song. And God makes his home within the community of God. Yes, in you, but you are part of something bigger than yourself. That means that God's home today is the church. That through the Spirit, God makes a home in each of us, but each of us become a piece of this house that he's building. And it's in this home that he is building, in this house of God, that he meets us in a very particular way, a special way, especially when we get together like this. The psalm shows us that God's home, us, is one of the ways we are meant to find refuge and strength in this life. That this church started by King Jesus becomes our place of shelter and strength so vital to our growing and maturing in the Lord. We read God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Sometimes our minds, though wonderfully created, are not safe. 
Sometimes in, say in our thoughts is to invite unkindness towards ourself. And maybe we have found that other areas of life are not as welcoming or safe or a refuge. With God, we are reminded in the psalm that we have stable ground to stand on, despite everything else. That in Him and in one another, we have something that can be certain and sure. God is our ultimate security blanket. Right? Like putting on that weighted blanket. Right? It's not meant to be easily moved. It's meant to give you comfort and warmth, stability. We live in a world where all of us are looking for refuge and strength. We're at the end of our ropes. We're feeling gassed and burnt out, and we just, we're looking for something to give us an extra step. And we find it in so many different things, in relationships, and adoration of others, in our achievements. Just ask yourself, where do you go when disappointment becomes overwhelming sadness? Who, where, what is that place of safety for you? The psalmist, he wants to kind of take our heads and bring them to the text and say, look, God is the only thing that is unshakable. God is the only thing unmovable. He's the only thing that will not change. And he says he loves you. And he's proven his love for you. That friends can leave you, but God will not. That your achievements will be forgotten. Your status will be taken away. God's approval of you, your status in his eyes will never change. With God, your circumstances do not define you. He defines you. And so his presence becomes the greatest source of security we could ever have. Refugee cities are something that we see throughout the U.S. They provide a means and a protection for those seeking help. A place to turn when they can go nowhere else. And that is what we have in God through his church. His home is meant to be shared, not just with us, but with the world. We are meant to point the world to the city of God, which is the people of God, so that they can enjoy the presence of God and all the beautiful benefits that are meant to come with that. And nothing we see in the text can get in the way of that. The nations, they rage. The kingdoms, they totter. Enemies of Israel try to destroy God's people, his home, but the same voice that brings us life will bring them destruction. His voice, we read, is like molten lava that melts the earth and burns up everything in its path. God's presence is like a, a fortress, mountain, crocodiles included. And when we are in it, we find ourselves with God, and life can throw its worst at us, but we have found the greatest security in the Father's hands. But again, as we read this text, one of the sobering realities is that the psalm does make clear to us, as we just heard that though the presence of God is meant to be enjoyed and felt by all, not all will enjoy it. Every one of us will be confronted by God, and every one of us will at some point see him for who he is. We will know him, though the question is, will we know him as a friend or a foe? 
And this is what we see in verses 8 to 11. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is flexing. He's showing his power. And we are rightly called to worship him. To see who God is and to respond accordingly. And so the psalmist, he lays out God's resume, his feats. That the safe place, the refuge that God is, doesn't speak to everything he is. But God is also the ultimate warrior. And all of us are being brought to the battlefield in this psalm to see an unstoppable, all-powerful God at work. And as we look at that moment of devastation, we are meant to take awe of who God is. God calls us to be still, to know that He is God. And for us who would walk with Christ, the display of God's power should cause really everything in us to stop and again put us in awe of His immensity, His power, His greatness. And that awe really should turn into comfort. Because in those moments where we can realize of our hardships in life, that that is the same God who is our refuge and strength. We can find hope and reassurance in that Him. The idea of being still means to stop what you're doing in favor of something else. And you can think about Israel's circumstances, how tempting it would have been for them to turn to military strength, They had a pretty good posse. To be given over to idols who give false promises about what they can provide them. It would have been easy for them to look the other way for other resources or things to give them what they think they needed. And we know this feeling as well. When stress hits its peak, we can be frantic, our minds are buzzing, we can't stop, we can't breathe. In that moment, what the psalmist is saying to us, what he's encouraging us is, stop. Imagine you're in a crowd of screaming people, stop, put on some noise-canceling headphones, and play this track, play this song. Suddenly, the noise of the crowds is not what's informing and filling you, but the word and the voice of God. And that is what we need. That in that space when we're surrounded by the noise of our life, what we need is to breathe and to remember that God is with us. To know God is to be in awe of Him, to praise and exalt Him. And when you belong to Him, you recognize His protection and strength. But again, for those who would find themselves on the other side of that, they will know God's power in a different way. The key to our security is God's saving presence. But like the enemies that we read of in this text, the tremendous issue is that if you are on that side, you cannot enjoy the benefits of God's presence. And as we read the text, 
we have to be careful not to think that we are like Israel, but realize that we are like the nations who reject God and totter and come against him. That we first identify with the nations and not the people of God. That when we come into this world, we choose everything and anything but him. Finding our comforts and our security in the many things that life gives us. And this sin issue, this brokenness in us, if not addressed, means that we will see God's presence. We will know his presence, but as his enemy and not as friend, not as his child. If we don't deal with this sin, when the nations and the earth exalt God, we will join them in fear of the God who comes to bring justice. But the reason why the psalmist can confidently write that God is our refuge and strength is because there is a way to be in the presence of God in joy and not despair. That God has made a way by sending a hero in the nick of time. That God sends his son, Christ, his very presence into the earth to tabernacle among us, to walk with us, to choose God at every turn, and to show us what it means to find refuge and strength in him. That at Christ's worst, he looked to and leaned and depended on God. And that in his death, we find a way to know life and relationship with God. And so the psalmist can be confident in his words and security in God because we can be restored to God and enjoy his presence through his son Jesus. Through him, our sins are forgiven. Through him, we have been found a way, a bridge to God. And when we turn to Christ, we find that God makes himself near to us. We find that nothing can actually separate us from him. That when we are his, we cannot be taken away. Nothing can get through the impenetrable armor of his presence. Nothing can stand in the way of his unstoppable power in your life. That doesn't mean we won't get shaken or bruised. We won't trip or even fall, but it does mean God is our eternal and ultimate security who is walking us and moving us forward by his spirit. Well, the psalm is not just a comfort for us. It's also a call to bring God's presence out into the world by proclaiming his power through the gospel. That as we go out, we want to share this refuge and strength that is available to us through Christ. That others may know God and enjoy the benefits of being in the eye of the hurricane. And so when the noise of life, when these circumstances come at us, when the worst of the worst begins to overwhelm us, again, the psalmist wants to remind us, encourage us, that we don't have to listen to the noise around us. We can play a different track. We can play a different song. We don't have to listen to these lies, these things that cannot give us what we think we need. We can go to God. We can find his presence, and no joy, stability, strength, and assurance. And so the call for us, again, 
and trouble comes near is to stop, drop, and be still. To remind ourselves and to remind each other that we are safe in the presence of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truths of this psalm that is, I think, familiar to us, but something that we need to remind ourselves every day, that when trouble is near, you are nearer. That when life is hard, and for many of us, for most of us, life is hard today, in this moment, in this second, you are so close that you inhibit your people by your spirit. And that means you are our safe place and the strength that we need to get through. And so help us, Lord, to remember that and to walk in that reality. And part of how we do that is in one another, that we are not meant to walk alone, isolated, closed off from our brothers and sisters. Give us the courage to talk to each other. Give us the courage to confess to one another. Give us the courage to say, I'm not okay. To say, I am hurting and I need something more than myself. I need the Lord to work. I need my brothers and sisters. Give us the courage to do what we cannot do in our own strength, God. Help us to remember that you are so near You are so near, even when it does not feel like it. It's in your son's name we pray, who has given us the life to walk this way, the strength to make the decisions, the hope to look towards an eternal future. We pray in Christ's name, Jesus' name, amen.